You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. When I first met Paul, even when we were in our first band in like 2006 or seven or wherever it was, he still gave me a bunch of MP3s and folders, like probably eight, eight albums worth of material. Like, yeah, I have like I have 20 years ago, like eight, eight. Yeah. So like, I, I, I genuinely think if anybody like, wants I, any I, songs, I, even, even Corey, my son, Corey's in this game. Get your songs here. Don't Get give your songs, songs people, away. Do people, sell them. do people buy songs? No. Is that a thing? I don't think so. Well, no, people just, do, but that's why but we're not, selling art. We're not the bottom of the screen. So you, you can't can even feed get Paul. people to, can't even get people to take your songs. Most feed of the time. Can you just listen to it for free? Yeah. I know. No, head, no, head on down to, down to Nashville, Paul, and just start standing on the corner and see what happens. <laughs> songs, <laughs> songs. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, back again. I'm Siobhan Cronin here with, as always, Benny Goodman and Corey Peza. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Backstreet. I'm representing back. my stars. Right. I know. I see I, I, that. I yeah. It's getting pretty ratty, though. I need a new one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I still have not got my sweatshirt I know because ben my first on one my shrunk. Case. And oh. I've also requested other signed things. Like, man, like you've made me. I'm pretty like, sure I, right. I drunkenly bought things. this at a show like like five years ago. So. I bought one on a show too, and it shrunk. I wore it once, and it's too small for me. And I'm I'm less than a medium. Yeah. And speaking <laughs> of buying things. You guys should all go to 2020-d.com and buy a shirt with our faces on it or go to lostsymphony.com and buy all our sorts sponsor. of cool things, including music and merch and things like that. And uh, the best part is you get to hear our guest this week. Yeah. And see his artwork. The, uh, the art of us, all the cartoons you've seen of Richard Shaw, you've seen of David Abraziz, of Oscar and Ebach. The, the like, pictures that you see right now on your yeah, screen. Yeah, the cartoons. Yeah, the crazy things. That you uh, see and on the he, podcast. So if you haven't put the two together, he also plays drums for Lost Symphony. So Paul Lorenzo. Paul Lorenzo is playing the drums for Lost Symphony, but also crazy artists, also fucking hilarious also kind of curmudgeonly and has the <laughs> cutest cat in the entire fucking world that was created as an abomination of the DNA <laughs> assortment who will make an appearance on the on the video cast. So you got to check it out Some to really demonetize us. Yeah. <laughs> so here's our second hour. Uh, if you haven't checked it out the first hour with our previous episode, I hope it's longer than that. In this case, I know I normally hope it's over really fast, but this one I hope is longer. Yeah, these, these are good. Episode number 50 was the previous one. So we're 50 episodes in. This is the 51st episode. Wow. And this is our second hour with Paul Lorenzo. Such a good time. Check it out. Subscribe at 2020-d.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020. My name is Benny Goodman. I'm here with my cohorts in crime, um, Siobhan Cronin. Hello. And my good friend and compatriot, 
Corey Peza. A compatriot cohort. <laughs> a cohort of compatriotism. <laughs> Thank you. Glad Compatriotism. Anti-disestablishmentarianistic. Anti Super callous something. <laughs> and then, of course, of course, hold on. Without further ado, I'm very excited because we... The reason we did this whole show in the first place, and you might not have even heard it yet because, like, we're just catching on. Like, whatever. Fuck you. Like, we're cool. Like, listen to us. Hope. That's the greatest endorsement, right? But we're in a band because we've had to pivot. This is what somebody's we call saying it. that they're cool we, is the greatest we, endorsement. We have to. We have to. We have to, we have cool? to do what, what they call in the in in um, corporate life a pivot. Which basically means that, like, stop doing what you love and, like, Ivanka Trump said, you know, like, just do Be something best. else. So, oh. we're here. <laughs> Hi. Hi, we're here. Siobhan, who is classically trained, she's here. You know, Paul could have been at a bank somewhere, but instead he's here. So, like, we're going to make a podcast. But we were in a band. And now we're still in a band, but we were in a <laughs> yeah, band, but no we're still in a band. Yeah. No, I Paul do, was, was I used to in do band. drugs. I still, still do. do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I used fuck you and your Mitch Hedberg catch-ons. The point is, we are in a band called Lost Symphony, lostsymphony.com. And this is the first time, technically the second time, but like, it's, two episodes is really just us hanging out over one night, if you haven't figured it out, the suspension of disbelief. Like, somebody actually watched our Lost Symphony live performance live at slay at home for metal injection which we thank metal injection <laughs> yeah. profusely for but like someone said this isn't live and there's <laughs> like, like literally I, yeah, there's literally say it was. a fucking <laughs> partridge there's a partridge like a partridge family like view of like eight siobhans yeah like all playing different strings <laughs> and i'm like did you think that there was oompa loompas for fucking string players just playing? That's really funny you said that because I literally didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was like, I did not. Yeah, that makes a lot of and sense. I, I love there that was that, a lot of me. In that's that. a criticism. Like, hey, this isn't live on YouTube. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Did like, they, well, how did that help anybody here? That's my question. Like, what were you trying to accomplish? With I that wish statement? that Motley Crue wasn't live. You know what I mean? Like, I really wish. Like, we played Skid Row, and, like, I think it was good. But, like, I don't know if I'd want it to be live now. Like, maybe, maybe, but, like, we played it in the original key. I'm not sure I'd want to hear Sebastian boxing it in that key. <laughs> I I'm not saying it can't happen, but I, I know that Vince Neil certainly can't sing Livewire anymore. So don't – I'm, I'm kind of glad that that – I'm glad and I'm sad that the stadium tour with Motley Crue didn't happen because I thought it was going to be the, the biggest like shit storm ever. Like, you know, it would be the, the water world of tours. You know what I mean? Like, like people are going to go and they're going to realize like the hardcore Motley Crue fans will love them no matter what. But the people that are on because they like Journey are going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? And there's no way to sugarcoat the fact that they're not that good. No, the, the, ben, I mean, ben, have you introduced our I'm, guest yeah, yet? I'm, Did I just blank on Paul that? Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone who stuck around for all of that bullshit in the first five minutes <laughs> we're back for part two with paul lorenzo get ready for more bullshit. the drummer yeah, let's, musician let's who's get back part to of me. lost symphony yeah back to paul <laughs> paul I'll but quote i'm your, totally with you about i'll the quote your second thing. favorite paul david lee roth enough about me let's talk about you so what do you think about me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or actually the second my second favorite david lee roth one is why do now what you can do later today? <laughs> <laughs> David Lee Roth, always full of wisdom. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, so, Paul, in the last episode, we kind of talked a lot about your musical background, how you met Ben a little bit, some of your involvement in different bands. But I want to start this one off by talking about the fact that you're an amazing artist. Yeah. And you've done a lot of art for us. Obviously, everyone that's watching 2020. Can we explain what kind of art that is? Like actual, like, like paintings there's, like the pictures of us like the cartoons a, yeah. right there yeah, all, like logo right not, there. not just like he's an artist he like wears a <laughs> sash and like walks into a room with swagger like i mean like Hooray. naturally yeah draws things <laughs> and in you, fact yeah, but, i mean people just have to let's show them some of it can we well yeah, yeah, we, 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 we can go. have Corey superimpose it and we, we're gonna do a shopify link because paul like every drummer especially in this pen every musician everyone that works live Anything, bars, anything after dark, people have to get drunk, is, are getting fucked right now with what's going on. And I'm not saying anything politically. I'm just saying you're getting fucked. It sucks. Like, we're all getting fucked and not in a fun way. So we have to pivot. Well, yeah. Now, Paul. Paul, Paul, Paul how many how many days a week did you play out? Your, like, um, how, how, I would usually play at least once a week, sometimes two, three times a week, depending on the week. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, at the end of the but month, what, what, it added what's up. Your, and, what's your normal job, Paul, so everyone knows? Oh, well, I did work at a bank and now I work at a music store and I'm going back to the bank. And So wait, those <laughs> gigs are important is what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, definitely. I, I mean, I had been working a day job and then doing gigs at night. But then when the gigs disappeared, now I have to try to work two day jobs and hope that I still have time to sleep and play music and so make art. And I don't know. The things <laughs> that people don't realize is that Paul, um, he... When he used to work at a bank, and I'm sure, uh, am I allowed to say this? Like when you you on the on the back of your bank slips, you would draw something <laughs> like this, like this crazy um moon. And this is a very simple one, but he does a lot of surrealistic stuff, which you can go to the short store that you'll see a link below. Um, but for years, just like you have recordings, probably since 1987, Paul has tens of thousands of pictures <laughs> printed, like originals, all this and. I finally, like one day, he came over with the originals because I had seen his pictures. I'm like, holy shit. So I have a whole hallway filled with his art. <laughs> and every single time anyone comes in my house, I have 160 guitars. I have signed records. I have all this crazy. Like it's like mental fucking stimulus overload. They always <laughs> walk down the hall and go, what's this? And they start looking at all of Paul's art. And the thing that's cool about it is it's surreal. Like, and Paul will tell you it means nothing, but you can't look at the art and not think it means something. Because like, there's cats ha- uh, you know, hanging out in a tree upside down with like clocks going <laughs> the wrong way and all that. And everyone since the dawn of time has asked him, other than t-shirts for bands, can I buy that art? And Paul's literally the worst business person in history. The worst. The Along worst. Along with a lot of musicians. No, but, I mean, no, we no, no, all no. are. Anti- <laughs> like, yeah. So the point I'm getting, a long-winded point I'm getting to is that I'm helping him, like myself, I'm helping him create a Shopify <clears throat> so that we can feed the drummer with his amazing art because I'm sick of people putting out these virtual tip jars and playing their shitty music online. Fucking pivot, like Ivanka <laughs> said. Sell your art that you've been making on other people's time on the back of bank slips for years, years, and sell it online for fucking awesome money because it's good. It's really good. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, I, it's, it's funny, you know, obviously, Paul, you did our, our cartoon characters that are somewhere on this video. Uh, and and there's a T-shirt 
available at 2020.com 2020-d.com wait do you have a and, do you have a cartoon you could give us a view for free so we don't have to pay you so you can just like <laughs> give it to us like 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 they do in the industry no, we'll give you exposure no. like what? but no so we can put it at the Come beginning on, of if this you, if you've taught me anything ben it's that I should get paid for everything. But don't unless, you already? I, well, I can just take a picture then, of the one right, that I own. Unless on the it's do- for him, yeah. and then it right, right. Regardless, right, the, exactly. uh, the point point being, if you go to two zero two zero dcom you can actually buy a T-shirt with uh, Siobhan, Ben, and myself on it. And I've met people that have done that, and it's creepy as fuck. Isn't your uh, wife? Uh, yes. Yeah. And my parents and, and a few a few friends as well. And that's great. And thank so you for supporting the show. Worked. Yes. Thank please you never wear it in front of me. Uh, as cool of a picture it is, it's, <laughs> it's super weird. <laughs> but it's a very cool drawing. I like it. But oh, well, what I'm trying to tell you is with Paul, he's so talented. He's so talented. He plays guitar very well. He plays drums better than anyone that I know. He really gets it. But what he doesn't get is how to make money at all with any of his skills at all. And so I tell him I'm going to help him make a store that you could see the link on the bottom to buy this stuff. He calls me up and he's like, Dude, this is, I, I'm not going to run a business. I can't run a business. I got to go work this up. <laughs> I don't need you to run a I literally don't want you to do anything other than provide your skills and then fuck off. And like, he, he's like trying to tell me <laughs> to not help him. Like, I'm willing to devote my time. Come on, my Friday night. Like, dude, don't even bother. Like, this is all over for me. <laughs> no, this is a common, a common thread among a lot of creative people. I mean, I suffer from a lot of the same stuff too, you know, like not wanting to flog your own thing or saying like, oh, look at what, how I'm so great at this thing. Cause that's just part of like your mind as a creative person is that you're constantly like self-critical and like not wanting to like say, oh, I'm better than this other thing. I mean, that's right. That, that's a humility thing. You know, yeah. it's hard. Ben doesn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not compute. What is that? Humility. What does that even he's mean? A, he's ashamed of me. <laughs> he's shaking his head I, at me. Listen, what is this a, you a speak very, of? <laughs> so one of my mentors very early on said, when somebody's asked you, you say yes. Like if they want to give you something, you say yes. Would you like no. some cocaine? <laughs> listen. <laughs> And I said yes. Among many other things. And I said yes. And it was a good night. The first night. It was the sixth sixth weekend that wasn't so good. Yeah. Wait, so what was the the punchline of this story? There was nothing. That's the punchline. There's nothing. We literally, it's a long long joke that ends with nothing. (laughs) We leave you nothing. There's no pudding. So, Paul, how long have you been drawing and, uh, and, and, creating these works uh pretty much since i was a little kid like everybody else started out drawing garfield and you know stuff like that and kiss of course because yeah. you know yeah but not everyone gets good yeah though, so how, how, did you get how good? good were you at I, Im- Im- imitating jim davis like how good is your garfield <laughs> like if i had to hold a gun against your head and said draw jim davis 1979 first fucking garfield uh, like because you know I'm, garfield looked different been, i've always been bad at copying stuff for whatever reason okay. like some people are like oh i can look at something and draw it but i can't come up with something out of my head i'm completely the opposite like it's i like can reading music versus hearing it and being able to play totally. by ear yeah and you it's the mean? same same with music honestly i can write a song way easier than i can learn a song any of the songs that i've learned i learned from watching youtube or it just kind of accidentally i played it one day or something like that because my ear like i can't hear something and be like oh that's mm. this chord you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
it doesn't work that way. But I can. Javon's like, right. do not compute. <laughs> can't understand. <laughs> How do you not hear the sixth? It's all, <laughs> no, it's all, yeah, the opposite. Yeah. It's, it's all magic to me. <laughs> <laughs> it all just kind of happens. You know, you just wiggle your fingers, and magic happens. <laughs> I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> that's great, though. No, I think that's probably why you're such a good artist and a good drummer is like you can't you, you don't you're not in the box of the limitations of like, what are the rules? That's like my biggest downfall in a lot of ways from classical training. Is yeah. Like, yeah, I put anything in front of me and I'll be able to decode it and figure out how to play it one way or another. But right. give me a blank canvas to like write something. And I have like debilitating anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. I was just uh, introduced to the idea of outsider art and like outsider music and stuff like that, and the concept of like, do you guys have no, you guys heard it, of that? No, term I was going to ask what is outsider. So it's she's not she's any, not part of Gen Pop. <clears throat> anybody oh who <laughs> I'm never going to live. I, I learned these things from the internet, you know. But uh, it's outsider art is like art created by people who weren't trained or like mm-hmm. aren't you know. Aren't so like gen pop like necessarily artists you know yeah, what i mean seems, it's just that somebody seems very who, weird to me because i think art like music i there's anybody can yeah, do it right yeah, and it is yeah, exactly. it's everybody is that's what i thought Wait, too why did it, because i am apparently that sounds right. like sounds like something that someone from berkeley came up with yeah right <laughs> like apparently like, i am an outsider outsides. artist and an outsider musician even to a certain extent because i'm self-taught and i don't have any yeah no that's bullshit i call bullshit but in a way like like outsider music Music, like outsider music, is more like people like playing a guitar who have no idea how to play a guitar. Like uh, David Lynch does some stuff, and he doesn't like play the guitar like people play the guitar, but he plays it the way someone who has no idea how to play a guitar would play it. I haven't actually listened to any of it, but because it's David Lynch, I have faith that it's brilliant. But uh, but there's other stuff that I've heard. Like if you go on uh, YouTube, there's videos about this, you know, whole movement of outsiders. There's people that suck. They're just like, yes. no, I'm, I'm an, I'm an <laughs> That's outsider. That's the whole thing. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, it's not that I, I was going to learn, learn how, how to play. To play. But then I just decided to give myself this classification. Right. right. And probably like, are I, doing better than we are. Yeah. And like in I'm, selling records. Totally. <laughs> well, set the bar low. You know what I mean? Under promise and overachieve. So just call yourself an outsider. So when you play like Green Day, they think you're goddamn savant. Right. Right. <laughs> Bro, how did you figure out how to make what is that chord? I think they call it a bar chord in the, in the people that, that read good world. Well, you did that, dude. Have you ever seen those guys that like perform with like a pile of like junk and stuff on a table and like a snare drum? And yeah. They oh, yeah, I was their just going to say I've seen yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. That's that's outsider music and you know, interesting that whole avant garde. But kind hold of on, thing. if anyone yeah, looks yeah. at your art, and I hope that Corey does a really cool like montage um, that <laughs> Paul can then you know Corey's use for brain his website. Is like more work. But hold on, but like if you look <laughs> at his art, like it, there's such a unique style to it. There's such a specific cartoon esque style to it. It's very surreal. Um, your the the thing I like about it is so I, I'll just grab something because I have so much random art. Um, you, you know, you never, you really never know. Like, with, with this moon, am okay? I the only one not wearing sweatpants? <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying, with your art, like if you get anything from, okay, here's a perfect example. <laughs> um, wait, this is, this is, what does this mean? You guys interpret this to me, okay? The, the, this is this is Paul's art, okay? I have it on my wall. 
I think that this is fucking brilliant. Now, yeah, for it's people like kind of futuristic. Like, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about what this looks like, Corey or Siobhan, to so the it, other people listening? At, yeah. So it's a. It's definitely it's it's chaos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got it's got like a very uh, who's that dude? Who's the melty clock dude? Salvador Dali. But hold on, can, can we tell him what it is? It's like a, it's like a guy. Yeah. So for it's anyone a, not looking, it's sort of like oh, yeah, what yeah. like a record player with the the, the head so is it's like a, a guy, record player. Yeah, it's a it's a guy with a record player, old fashioned record phonograph sort of head uh for a head and uh he's holding a guitar that's like floppy it's like a soft oh my gosh i thought it was a soft fish. guitar <laughs> if you will like uh salvador salvador dolly called them soft clocks yeah right, uh, so okay, that, was, okay, that okay. would be a soft a soft guitar yeah yeah it's really cool yeah, yeah definitely so, guitar <laughs> the point is is like but but think about like what that could mean like okay so it's a record player that's playing but then he he can play a record, but he can't play an actual instrument. Like, what yeah, is the, that? The, there's so the many player is crying too for some reason. I don't yeah, know. it's crying for some reason. <laughs> so like, so everybody's well, probably wait, wait. sad. He's sad about his. But guitar. it's brilliant yeah. because it leaves yeah. you with so many questions. Like, no, and, and that's it could what's mean- amazing. But so, <laughs> if you sit down to do a piece of art, like, is does it just like happen? Do you have an idea? Like, you get an image in your head. Like, I'm so curious. Like, where does that idea come from? So the- I would never think of that. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I don't think of them really either. It's generally I, I start drawing and it just kind of happens wow. as it happens. Usually, happy if accidents. I have a concept, are they happy accidents? Yeah, usually if I if I have an idea in my head, I don't like the way it comes out because it never turns out as good as the idea in my head that you just do. Yeah, right. How how often since you're doing kind of a stream of consciousness type of you know uh, drawing, like do you run into a wall and and crumple it up and throw it away? Um. I don't know. I do a lot of erasing. Okay. So I, I generally... He's too uh, cheap to throw it away, Corey. Yeah, yeah. Papers. Uh, I work the way the, the comic book artists work. They generally do everything in pencil first, and then they go over it with the ink, and then mm-hmm. they go over with the color. So you're just a tracer. Yeah, I'm a tracer. Yeah. <laughs> of his own thing. <laughs> but I trace, yeah. yeah, I trace my own lines. So. No, I just pulled up, and I saw this one the other day. Oh, you can't really see it on the thing. Oh, there you go. Yep, Beautiful. Yep. I saw this oh, one. I was like, you. wow, that's amazing. Yeah, see, like that one, I had no idea what that was going to be. I just started kind of like... But couldn't it mean so much that like you, you're in a relationship that's synergistic, but then yeah. there's a hole in it somehow, but yet the uh, the world outside... Like, yeah, like I look at all those and I go, that... I was just like, so oh, I'll just draw a this, crack Would you think here. it was Paul that goes, that means nothing, or would you think that that guy's brilliant? So this is where I think that and this is where my uh this is why i don't consider myself like a a art connoisseur because what paul's saying i get he's like i'm just drawing shit it's it's happening and then there's people like ben they're like no what it is is it means this and it's (laughs) and that's like the entire art industry right is that your imitation Corey? did it come out finally (laughs) no 46 episodes in right well i mean that's what you sounded like no and that's 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 the great thing about art is that anybody can take what out of it what they want it to be and it could mean a million different things to a million different people that's one of the things that i love about david lynch is that he doesn't like to explain his movies even though they're the craziest most nonsensical things you can imagine because it's it means so many different things to so many different people and explaining it just kind of takes the the mystery and magic out of it how a lot of songwriters are with lyrics too and, and that too. It, it's yeah, it's same thing and then there's there's definitely lyricists that are like no i picked that word because it rhymed with it right and then right. someone's like yeah but that changed my life and they're like exactly and you're I, like i'm I, glad yeah but <laughs> it just rhymes yeah <laughs> it's like that uh that footage of the guy that showed up at john lennon's house yeah yep and he's like no but you were singing that song to me and he's like, no, man, they're just words he's like i just wrote a song and sang it and i'm glad yeah. it meant something to you but I wasn't writing it about you. <laughs> yeah. 
but that's great wow. that that can move somebody to that point. You know what I mean? That they think that it's written for them. You know, I mean, do you think that's why Yoko screamed like she does? Probably, probably. Like, cause I, cause I, <laughs> my favorite thing ever with John Lennon was when he's at the Rolling Stones circus and he's on stage <laughs> and he's playing with like uh, Chuck Berry. And yeah. he's playing with like I want to say some of the guys from the Rolling Stones, and they're like they're fucking rocking, dude. Because like I mean, it's their prime of the Beatles and the Stones and Chuck Berry's like just created rock and roll before he peed on a bunch of people. And <laughs> all of a sudden, Yoko Ono comes in and she's like, ah, ah, does her fucking Yoko Ono like absolutely unlistenable, so, shrieky shit? And Chuck Berry literally looks to John Lennon like. Yo, dude, get your bitch under fucking control. It was the best. <laughs> if, it was the you, best. And this was in not, the 50s. Yeah, if 60s, you have not 60s. seen it, look it up. Uh, I have not. Again, I have Bill, to watch it. Bill Burr and look it yeah, up with and the I was Bill Burr say, commentary. Yes, exactly. Oh, does Bill Burr talk about it? I love Bill don't Burr. Don't even watch the original video. Just search yeah. Bill Burr, Yoko Ono, and it is the single greatest. I'm, I'm like, wait, like, Bill Burr talks about that? I love Bill Burr. Yeah, you, you, you definitely know. The, that it's, it's one of his like bigger like youtube video things oh yeah yeah um totally. i've seen bill burr since like 1903 so like i mean i could have internal but i also remember watching the rolling stone circus which is a fucking phenomenal thing and thinking yeah. that the first time i saw it because anybody like in bill burr i'm sure articulated fucking phenomenally yeah if you oh, watch yeah. bill burr's thing you'll be amused if you watch the actual video you'll be horrified and angry so yeah. <laughs> I, I recommend to get the full experience just, just watch bill, just watch bill burr's version of it <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In fact, why don't you just shut off this program and just go watch yeah, Bill just, Burr? Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait. It's way better. We'll cool. Just, we'll hang out here for five, six minutes in silence. Just, no. In fact, oh, why don't you put now? it on right now? We should put that in one of the squares. <laughs> we'll all watch Bill Burr together. <laughs> yeah, we should just quietly. But we, we, well, we already didn't monetize it because your ball bag cat is just floating around, putting <laughs> yeah. its anus in everyone's face. So like, we might as well just. Copyright infringe. <laughs> oh, it's, it. Now it's shy. <laughs> <laughs> this, look like a, this does not look like a cat from that angle. I'm still dude, it's from the island of Dr. Moreau. Literally, dude, listen to Harvey Levin, okay? Just adopt an animal. Don't get a sphinx. You're a douchebag. Yeah, if you're going and spending $3,000 on an animal when there are animals literally begging it, to be in a house, beautiful animals, maybe even like animals that are sphinxes, but they've been abused or what? Help them! Don't create fucking amalgamations of genetics <laughs> that are literally monstrosities to DNA. That's 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 more like RNA, DNA, and some other shit mixed together. And then you got a cat that's kind of a cat. But like, Paul, that cat ain't like no cat. And I love Blizzard, <laughs> but he is not like, he is not a cat. He's very majestic looking. So right? majestic. That is a very majestic, like he's <laughs> posing right now. Yeah, if you guys aren't, if you guys are just listening right now, make sure Cats you check out, do that. check out the YouTube video because this cat is amazing. <laughs> I have to get a stuffed cat to do that. Like he's my cat personality. <laughs> well, so Paul, to go back to your art real quick. So, uh, you know, you've obviously developed a style. So how you said, you, you know, you just kind of do it. You don't necessarily think in advance of some of your creations, but how did you like, refine a style because there is there are consistencies among all of your pieces that you've done there's definitely certain elements that that uh recur in a lot of my drawings but um yeah it's it's i mean it's i feel like like every kind of art you just kind of take little pieces of things that you like from different people and kind of try to merge them into what you're doing and you know jam things together and combine this element from this thing and this element from that and it's a lot of, you know, I mean, I, I've always loved Salvador Dali and, uh, 
H.R. Giger and like there's so many artists, but then like comic book art and anime and like even things like, you know, movies like Nightmare Before Christmas and oh, yeah. all of Tim Burton's artwork is amazing. And, and what is it about? Like, so, well, sorry, sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Like the, the surreal aspect of it. Like, what is it that like draws you to that? Um, I just like the freedom, I guess, of just kind of being able to try to draw any weird random combination of things that I can mm. and try to make yeah. it work or try to make it like turn into something else or, you know, and, and like I was saying about it, meaning different things to different people, like, you know, like, like you said about the crack with the hole in the, you know, re- representing something in a relationship or something like that. But literally like, I was just like, Oh, maybe I'll draw a crack over here. <laughs> and like, <laughs> no, that's, that's what I say. But it's like, you're drumming on lost symphony because a lot of people have sat down with me and been like, dude, you're like, especially drummers, dude, the drumming, like, especially like on this song, like you're doing 13, eight and like, I'm like, drummers, I am drummers get like, crazy. Man. No, they get crazy. dude. And they analyze your shit. I'm like, do you realize Paul I, just I came down? Was as crazy as he was upset drummers. that morning. Cause he got called into work, like to fucking work at a music store, came down, played the drums in like 43 minutes. I sent those to, to Corey. He used the fourth track and fixed one bass note. And that was it. <laughs> and like, that's all you do. Like, and people are like, there's nothing more to it. No, he just fucking played the best drums the first time, like your art. And that's what I think is crazy. Cause mm-hmm. I listen to your drums and I go, that's fucking brilliant. But to be able to, like have a subconscious that's so deep and yet mm-hmm. your your consciousness is so shallow. It's, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> that's the trick. That's you the got joy. in. That's the joy of being else. A, it's the joy of being a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a walking contradiction. <laughs> Corey knows. Do I? No, you don't? Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> you don't buy into the Gemini uh, <laughs> just stuff. You know, if people find meaning in stuff, I'm happy for them. Oh, don't see? you know that Corey exactly. doesn't believe in anything? It's all what Corey it doesn't believe you. in yeah. anything that's even remotely supernatural and to I, do with any pseudoscience. You know, I, I don't feel like I believe in it. I just feel like I like using it as an excuse to be flaky because I'm super <laughs> well, <yeah>. flaky. <laughs> Dude, whenever but Mercury's it, it in retrograde, it's the fucking best time because anytime something fucked up come, happens, I'm just like, bro, Mercury is in retrograde. Totally. You know I mean? It's like, or or maybe life sucks. There's no punchline. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm weirdly on like the edge. Of, like, obviously, you know, I like art and music, but I'm also super anti bullshit. Like, yeah. and that, and I don't mean that as like an uh, offensive thing. I just like, uh, if my own personal, like if I think right. something's disingenuous, no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm super against that. So I'm totally with that's you. Ki- that. that is actually kind of a, maybe I am a Gemini contradiction. Because uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like, uh, you know, uh, that, Art, art and stuff like that does mean something to people but to me i th- i think if i see artwork i like it's because oh that looks cool i like yeah. that and then if someone's standing next to me is looking at that and goes oh that's you know uh you know a message on society and i get how the, it's the affluence versus and i go it almost ruins go, it for shut you shut the fuck up shut right. the fuck up right it almost ruins it for you i'm the same way i'm like you know what it's it's not about what you have to say about it or what you think it means or what or even what i think it means it's really about the feeling that you get when you look at it and how mm-hmm. it makes you feel and how it makes you react do you like it do you not like it does it make you feel something anything mm-hmm. yeah Yep, Paul, I feel like knowing you, I can sum up how you feel about it in like the Van Halen, Van Hagar scenario. Because David Lee Roth, <laughs> tell me if I'm right. David Lee Roth 
was the real deal. He wasn't a good singer. In fact, Ted Templeman even said back in the, before they even made Van Halen one, maybe we should get this guy from Montrose. Like, it's a true story. Yep. They were going to yep. ask Sammy. But instead, they're like, they have a really good chemistry. Like, that guy's cool. He's got a six-pack. He's got, like, the nice fucking hair thing going on. <laughs> he fucks all the guy's girlfriends. And he believes <laughs> when he's saying, give me something give me something to write on. He literally was probably saying to Ted Templeman, like, some girl's asking for his number. He's like, give me something to write on. And Eddie was like, dude, keep that. Like, and that's what made Van Halen cool, because they were a party rock band with this amazing drummer, this amazing bass player, this incredible guitar player doing crazy shit. But they're a party band. Then when, Van ha when Sammy Hagar came in, it was a corporate decision. Because Sammy Hagar had already made money. He came off a tour, dude. He was already almost as big as Van Halen with Can't Drive 55 and all the fucking shit that was going. Like, he was huge. He was the red rocker. So when he got a call from Eddie, he was like, no, dude, I don't want to be back on the road because he was already making tons of money. So when he joined the band, everyone's like, oh, man. That's kind of like, you know, if you put Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior together when they're not really friends, that's fucking weird. So, like, they're on stage. The Red Rocker's not even playing guitar anymore because you got Eddie Van Halen over there, and they make corporate rock. While Eddie Van Halen thinks to himself, this guy can actually sing. So, even though I wrote right now in 1983, I'll fucking play it with this corporate dude because he can fucking pull off my shit. But to you, to you, you're like, fuck that shit. I don't want to hear synthesizers. <laughs> the only synthesizer I want is at the beginning of the album before 1984 starts, and then it's fucking just straight shred awesomeness until I'll wait, but then that's Eddie playing on the fucking synthesizer, but not along with just Sammy doing his fucking lame power ballads. Am I right? The corporate America versus David Lee Roth believes what he's saying on those records versus Sammy Hagar's writing what people need to hear to get a hit. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, you know, I'm a Dave guy, uh, you know, and I love Sammy and I feel bad, you know, I don't want to diss the guy or anything. He's he wrote now? some amazing how about, songs. How about in 2021? Know? What's your opinion on both those, those characters there? Oh, oh yeah. Well, we've oh, had debates now, about like this now. Modern times? Yeah. I, mean, you know, I call Paul about this all the time. Honestly, at this point, neither one of them is doing <laughs> anything spectacular. Let's face it. You don't I think mean, Sammy's pretty good for 72? I think he sounds great. Well, yeah, he's pretty good for 72, but I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Even when I saw him back, you know, when they did the Sam and Dave tour, I was, I was like, there. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. He looked like somebody's weird aunt with giant shirts and hair and just but he like sounds he, good. Is the point? Yeah, no, he sounded all right, but he looks <laughs> like horrible. Vince Neil looks it's horrible funny. and sounds horrible. And then like, David Lee Roth like looked great, but he, he sounded, you know. He, but honestly, he wasn't bad. And he was. And he could still do those little screams. He, he wasn't bit. bad till 2007. That's when like it all started going to hell. When we first when we first saw him, I remember Paul. I have it on my my wall somewhere. But we went and saw him on Halloween, like the night before Halloween in Madison Square Garden. And I was not Madison good, Square Garden. No, no, no. Excuse me, uh, the Boston Garden. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, Boston Garden. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, some chick flaked on me or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I gotta take Paul. Like Paul loves Van Halen. Like I want to go with someone who appreciates Van Halen. Fuck, fuck these people that don't know Van Halen. And. I, Paul came with me and we like had tears. I had tears in my eyes. Paul was just like, this is really good. Um, but da David Lee Roth <laughs> sounded pretty pussy. fucking good. Like <laughs> he was good enough. Eddie Van Halen on stage with Alex Van Halen and David Lee Roth just doing anything was feel good like enough then that we didn't, I wasn't upset until 2000, maybe 10 was when I realized like I was being duped by David Lee Roth. You should only be allowed to cry at Sammy, Sammy Hagar era Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> Never cry with Dave. 
Never let Dave see you cry. <laughs> he didn't write any songs that made anybody cry. But when Steven Tyler said, you see me crying. You remember that yeah. one? Toys yep. the, is that the song that you don't listen to one. on Toys in the Attic? No, I like that song. You I like actually, that one? I don't, I don't listen to it because it makes me sad. That's a sad song. It's very good, but it's very sad. Yeah. Well, so, so so Steven Tyler can can do sad, but not Sammy Hagar. Well, he could he could do sad until you know 1988 or something like that, and then so that when was, so when so when he started out, actually like, when his when his sad songs became popular is when they would started being terrible, in my opinion. So like Jamie's got a gun. <laughs> Jamie's got a gun is good. That's a good one. Uh, Angel is 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 still pretty good, but anything what it takes, after that. How about what it takes. What it takes is good. Okay, but, but uh, crazy, well, amazing, like, crying is okay. You don't like get a grip. Awful. You like eighty seven, eighty eight. It's ninety three. But I you don't like, like I like living on the edges. Okay, okay, it's but funny. I'm saying, but, I'm but you have no problem the threshold with... here. Like it's what? it's a very fine line. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but generally, I draw the line at um, draw no the pun line. intended. Uh, <laughs> I draw the line at uh, dude looks like a lady. That's where I kind of like. That's eighty eight. Okay, so you didn't like that song. Yeah, like they started putting out songs that sucked. Before that, there was no songs that sucked. Every Aerosmith song was awesome on every album. So what's your, what's your criteria? Is it, is it lyrical, melodic, or just production-wise? I don't know. It's kind of like I was saying about art. It's just kind of like how it makes you feel. It's, and just the way it hits you. Yeah. And, it's, and it's probably a, a bit of what we were saying about being disingenuine, disingenuous, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just something feeling genuine or yeah. feeling forced. And it's like a lot of these bands, when they start making a million dollars and a million hits, that's great. And they're making money and all that. But it's like the songs just don't resonate with me because it's like they're just churning them out to make money or to, or to be a certain way. Or and to get radio forcing play. It. Yeah, yeah it, does, it doesn't necessarily work with Aerosmith. But there's also uh, the whole thing where you know a band's first record and their early work is... 10, something years that they in the making. worked it, on it forever forever and right. then you know they Second get success and it's syndrome. like shit we got to follow up and now you have this like mad like, dash to recapture the magic right you have one then, year to write 10 years worth of material exactly and it's like yeah there's always well, there's the a lot thing of bands about with you is that you, when i first met paul even when we were in our first band in like 2006 or 7 or wherever it was he still gave me a bunch of mp3s and folders like probably eight eight albums worth of material like yeah, I have like I have twenty years ago, like eight eight. Yeah. So like I I I genuinely think if anybody like, wants I, any I, songs. Even even Corey myself, Corey's in this game. Get your songs here. Don't Get give your songs, your songs do people, away. Do people, sell them. Do people buy songs? No. Is that a thing? I don't think so. Well, no, people just, do, but that's it, why but we're not, selling art. We're I, not in fact, the bottom it, of the screen, so you, you can can't feed even get Paul. people to can't even get people to take your songs. Most feed Paul.com. Can you just listen to it for free? Yeah. I know. No, head, no, head, on down to, head on down to Nashville, Paul, and just start standing on the corner and see what happens. <laughs> songs, <laughs> songs. <laughs> Get your songs. So you be like, dude, you sell bongs? Yeah. Like, nah, man. Bongs? Just that? <laughs> Sarongs? No. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's the same with the art. You know, I just I don't know. I just keep fucking piling them up. Whatever. It's really it's we're gonna joy, sell it. The joy is in the making. It. The joy is in the making of the art and the, and the writing of the song. You know what I mean? It's that, that's where I have fun. I'm doing an intervention because literally every one of your friends, I, I know this, every one of them that's listening is like, dude, I wish I had some of Paul's art other than just fucking getting a calendar that no one fucking uses a calendar anymore, you 
fucking great business idea. Let's make a calendar when everyone has one on their iPhone. It's they not don't a give new a shit. idea. I've been just making them since, just cut making it up and since just the 90s. <laughs> no, I, I know. And in the 90s, people used calendars along with Rolodexes. Well, what am I going to do? Make an iPhone? And, I can't make an iPhone. <laughs> I know. That's why we're making a Shopify. We're making a Shopify so people can actually pay. Like, I went on to Etsy and I saw this digital download $20. Holy shit! Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, easily. Paul, you yeah. Well, s- sold his calendars for twenty dollars and didn't even realize that the shipping was half of that. So he paid people ten dollars. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that much. They were only like two dollars to ship. I still made eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should have. I should have said. Plus He's the worst. Shipping. But here's the thing: is but we're trying to sell whatever, his art. Right? We're trying to sell his art. His, it's his not about art. That. Like, one page in 11 money. by 17 should be at least a $40 <laughs> thing. And I'm saying that for all artists out there because I, look at all the stuff I have around. I'm your customer. I literally bought all of this stuff and I believe in it. And, and it's sad that I have to literally call Paul and tell him, listen, man, I know times are tough. COVID sucks. You're not able to gig. You have a million dollars worth of artwork that you've done for the last 73 years of your existence, you vampire. Why don't you sell some of it? Ugh, why, would I, why would I try to make money with my talents? It's useless. It's, it's futile. No, I just feel so, like nobody's, you know. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No one cares about you. <laughs> Nobody wants my crap. You, you no, got, they do, though. They do. You and got that's robbed and gun. He got robbed no. at gunpoint, and he realized he didn't even fear for his life because he knew that they didn't care about him enough. He no. even tried to hurt him. Tell, can you tell us that story, Paul? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, I was I was working, and a guy came in, and he started yelling. <laughs> and he was wearing a motorcycle helmet, and he had a gun. And he said, give me all your money. And I gave him At all the my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you you told me you were like, I know, you, first I off, know. you hated I was all animated and- did it someone Didn't someone get mad at you for your shirt? Like, oh, yeah, that was a different story. But yeah, I know. So you hated the fucking bank. So like when the guy, <laughs> you told me, when you told me the story and we'll, we'll leave it, you told me the story and it was a very fun time we were having. And uh, he, told me this, he told me the story and he's like, dude, um, I basically hopped, skipped and jumped right to the fucking vault. I was like, oh, what, do you want it in hundreds? Do you want it in tens? I counted it all out, all happy. And meanwhile, didn't you tell me one of your fucking friends that worked there was like, how, like, I was pissing myself and you're staying there all calm. And like, meanwhile, you're just like, fuck it. Take all the money. You, you want their watch? That guy has a Rolex. You should take that off of him too. He probably has mutual funds hidden away in the fucking back room. <laughs> well, no, none of that's true. But that's a, <laughs> I like that. That's the way you remembered it. <laughs> a valuable lesson with a Ben story. Thanks, Shannon Larkin. <laughs> did this person get caught though? Did they? Did they? Uh, yeah, find no, out? they did. Okay. They did get caught. So when they when they were trying to leave, he he came in and he was totally covered head to toe with a motorcycle helmet and everything. Thing, had his hands covered up when he left he couldn't get his motorcycle to start so he's like he's like oh man fucking kicking the thing and kicking the thing and there's like people coming in through the door and we're like locking the door like no you know we've been robbed but uh yeah so he ended up leaving and getting away that day but he ended up getting caught because him and his like friends had been robbing places around where they lived like idiots it's, it's never the you gotta go a couple the, towns over yeah. yeah, it's never the smart people that rob banks. So I have a question. <laughs> Did you have like a secret button you hit? Um, so there are secret buttons, but they tell you not to hit them until <laughs> until the person leaves. Oh, okay. <laughs> because they don't want the person to see you hit a secret button and then shoot you. 
I guess. You got to tell him the story about somebody complaining about your shirt because that's fucking hilarious. Like, And the, you want to know the funny part about the bank? I remember one time Paul comes in angry because he'd seen the movie They Might Get Loud, which is like, what, Jack White and fucking <laughs> okay, The that's, Edge? That's, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a story that wouldn't get me in trouble. Okay, you want to tell that story? Tell that story. So, so yeah, I, I worked at the bank for 13 years uh, as a bank teller. And one day I was watching that, you know, was it They Might Get Loud? That's the name of it? Yeah. With uh, The Edge and Jimmy Page it, and Jack White. It Might White. Get Loud, right? It Might Get Loud. Yeah. There you go. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're all talking about how they're big fat rock stars and how awesome it is. And, you know, <laughs> I spend all day playing with my pedals and, you know, everybody <laughs> thinks I'm great. But so at one point he's like, you know, it's really lucky that I, you know, I, I have a career in music and I hooked up with these guys and, you know, I mean, who knows what could have happened. I could have been a bank teller. <laughs> I was like, really the edge. That's like the worst thing that you could possibly imagine. Like, like not like, you know, I could have been, you know, shoveling a, shit, mopping up, you know, a whack off booth or something like that, you know, or like, not, uh, you know, I could be sorting, I could be, I could be sorting garbage at the, he is know. a kid of the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I there think, were people that actually worst, cleaned up honestly, those flufferies. Yeah. The worst job I can think of is probably mopping up at a whack off booth. <laughs> I can't, I can't Siobhan think of wasn't even alive for those things. She doesn't even know why those exist Herman anymore. Arrested. And if they do in the, in the, in the, in yeah, this you era, know, this era of COVID, is that still a thing? <laughs> uh, well, I know that pre-COVID, there is a place that I am aware of. Uh, <laughs> not far from you and I. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. And these right people up don't, in, don't Right up in uh, Route 44 in Rainham there. There's a, uh, God there's bless a, them. There's Some... an adult store, and it's got a uh, little section. At least it did last time I heard. I had a friend who worked there, in fact. Or two friends that worked there, in fact. Was, was it a movie called Clerks? Uh, no, but I, I lived the movie Clerks, basically, because I worked at a video store for five years. So, like, what kind of shit came... What was, a, what, what was a day like? Because here's what people don't understand. If you weren't alive in the 80s and the 90s, like, like as a full cognizant human being, you don't know what going to Blockbuster was like and trying to get the, the oh. VHS or the DVDs or how funny a movie like Clerks is or to realize that you can't even make sound wave of goddamn fucking cassette player because it doesn't exist or Megatron a fucking gun because that's not legal after 1980 with a little fucking orange thing on it. But Paul, you worked at an old school video store. Like you could back in the day go where, where they had liquor and fucking penny candies and fucking like the, the penthouse and then the, all that shit. And you could get the dollar rental shit. I can only, what did you see? Paul? Thank, what was the painted picture? Thankfully, we did not have an adult section. So that's one thing that I was glad about my, my particular video store. I didn't have to know that about people. Because I can't imagine like knowing people's kinks when they come in. Like, oh, that's, that's that guy. The back room with the curtain <clears throat> there. Yeah, yeah, the little the secret door yeah. where the guy, you know, you walk around and you take a couple of laps like you're going to get a regular movie. And then you're like, oh, what's this door over here? <laughs> oh, come out knew? with a giant strap on. Yeah, you come out with like a stack of movies under your arm. <laughs> <laughs> busy night eh <laughs> uh yeah so no but it was it was fun it was it was it was an awesome job working at the video store was like i worked at the video store i worked at the comic book store um 
What's that like though? Like what, what kind of people come into video stores and comic book stores in like the nineties? Uh, everybody. Well, not comic book stores. Only geeks go to comic book stores, <laughs> but the best kind of geeks. But um, yeah, no, everybody went to the blockbuster at that time. That was all there was to do. There was no internet. There was either you watch your boring TV, you find something to go do, or you go and rent a movie. What movie do you, re- what would you recommend? What was your go-to like, man, I'm having a boring night. I need a like blockbuster something. Oh, I don't know. God, anything. I mean, any Quentin Tarantino movie is great on any. What's occasion. your go-to Quentin Tarantino movie? Well, back then it would have been Pulp Fiction or um, maybe Jackie Brown or but something. Hold on, like but that. was Pulp Fiction? Did you not like Pulp Fiction after it became cool? No, I love it. I love it. It's awesome. Do you, but do you hate how people like now revere, or do you like the Quentin Tarantino's recognized as one of the greatest no, actors I love in history? I love him. I think he's great. <clears throat> I don't think Paul's a contrarian. Like, I think that no. he's just opinionated. Like, that's... No, I'm just, just trying to get I to just the bottom honestly, of it. Like, I just honestly neurosis. like things that people don't like. Yeah, and but, it's weird, but But, but it doesn't seem like you... It doesn't seem like that you... I'm not trying to be... Yeah, it doesn't seem like you don't like them because people like them. It seems right. like you're just... You had, like, this... Uh, this idea, like a lot of it seems like if, you're in one position and then, then people shift to a different position and just the change itself is, is what turns you off. Yeah. Not necessarily the fact that, oh, now people like that, so I don't like it. It's not, not a right, hipster attitude. Right. No, no, that doesn't bother me. It, uh, occasionally something like when Ren and Stimpy became huge and everybody does the imitation of something, that annoys me to the point where it, it kind of frustrates me with the whole thing. But yeah. still, like, I never stopped liking Ren and Stimpy or Beavis and Butthead or any number of things that, you know, people imitated until I wanted to rip my head off. Yeah. The funny part is, like, there's nobody that realized, like, I need TP for my bum hole. Like, they yeah. don't even get what that means. Like, you know, like, if, if I'm doing that, they just think, like, is there something <laughs> wrong with you? And like, yeah, but, like, do you not catch the reference? I'm sure most people listening to this would. Get yeah. That. yeah. We, we don't have a young demographic. Yeah, <laughs> we're not getting that that eighteen to twenty five demo. Well, now it's on Pluto TV, which you can get for fucking free, um, twenty four hours of the know day. What that is. Like, no, there's like a Beavis and Butthead channel. It's fucking brilliant, dude. Like, really? they're like, hey, let's take a bunch of shows that like only like a, a bunch of niche people like. Like, there's a twenty four hour Fear Factor uh, fucking show of just Joe Rogan Fear being like, Factor. yeah, eat the spider, eat the spider. <laughs> and there's like American Ninja Warrior full time channel, and then there's an Adams Family full time channel. Like, shit that you're oh and. Uh, uh, um, a Bob Ross painting channel like all the time. So if I want to calm down, I literally watched like two hours of Bob Ross. <laughs> I've learned so much you about should, cleaning my brush. You should, watch, you should watch endless hours of Bob you Ross. Just beat the devil out of it. <laughs> <laughs> just beat the devil out. I just like doing it. Sometimes I just like cleaning it. Yep. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting that like uh, content is digested that way now where you can just go to the Bob Ross channel and you can go to all these different things. Like, yeah, I wonder how, it. I wonder how discovery is going to work. Like in the, in little, the literal sense of like discovering new things is going to work over the next like few years because there's so much stuff there. Well, like this and Bob Ross energy drink. Like how did that happen? <laughs> what? <laughs> does it make you go to sleep what the fuck is I don't it? know man what? like this is not the how did you have this like a popular said, energy who drink who said I need a spokesperson for my well, energy I, I drink wanna, <laughs> well it has a bunch of vitamins in but like who gets the permission to like get an energy drink because the funny part about Bob Ross is that this is actually it makes sense in some ways but in other ways not because he was originally a drill sergeant so what people don't realize is that that really oh, wow. tame very very chill 
relax, yeah, little guy. It's a response guy. to what, his was a response life. to basically his PTSD. And he said that when he got out of the uh, of the military, that he never wanted to yell at people again. He never wanted to yell at people again. And he only had the fro because he was too cheap to do his hair. So he just kept with it. And he gave every single dollar he ever made to animals, to animal sanctuaries, to helping animals. So yeah. that dude basically went over to war with some badass, like, get out, motherfucker! I'll fucking kill you! I'll skull fuck you! Wow, gets home, gets PTSD, and he's like, I don't think Bob Ross said, trees. I'll skull fuck you, but... Like, I don't know, man, he's a drill sergeant! <laughs> if he was a good drill sergeant, he'd say, because so Jack Nicholson said it. Drill sergeants, they can't swear. They, for the most part, I mean, maybe back in that, that point, but like, oh, there's a whole thing up, with... Dude, they dropped an atom bomb on people. They can fucking swear. Dude, there's a whole... <laughs> yeah. Fat, fat boy? <laughs> yeah, it's true. They probably swore when they dropped an atom yeah, bomb. Dude. Yeah, dude. Um... <laughs> dude, they gave him acid. Do you not remember MK Ultra? The government was literally oh, I, like, I hey, let's just give that. this random fucking politician <laughs> acid. Oh, uh, and they can't swear, away, though. Bro. Don't swear, but you can fucking see God. We're cool. Bombs away like your shirt, bro. Bombs away. Bombs away. Bombs How did we away. end up in this place? I don't know, but Where, this is a good <laughs> this is a good time. We got we got about 10 minutes left to to pivot as we pivot. do. Yep. To let's Using talk about your, your current projects, Paul. Like what are you working on now and musically? Cuz yeah, that's current. And, and if you Paganini's pump, coming up. If you could pump Lost Symphony as much as possible in the next yes. 10 minutes, that'd be great. <laughs> Subscribe. Well, there's Lost Symphony uh lost symphony lost symphony lost symphony um <laughs> no i'm also uh bloodline theory is uh my band Check and uh yeah we have music out that you can get if you look us up uh tell people what uh what kind of music it's you uh know. you know it's metal uh is it like know. motley crew metal no it's more like 90s metal like uh like nine inch nails like, like eclectic kind of metal. We, we kind of try to throw in some different stuff and have some, you know, some funky parts and some reggae parts and some, you know, actual like, you know, just a little bit of diversity in, in our... I've seen you guys live several times and what I really like about you <clears throat> is the fact that there is uh, no formula in the sense that like it, it is, it's, it's heavy, it's heavy as fuck at times but then you might go into a reggae section and it doesn't feel necessarily like you're slamming stuff together. It, it all feels very natural, but you guys have a, a definite like vibe that, that it's just almost like your artwork. It, it just kind of seems like it, it just kind of flows uh, in, in whatever direction it seems to take, but you guys are always super tight, super solid. And one thing I've also noticed that's very, well, very you. important. You have full stack amps. You bring <laughs> two kick drums. Two kick you have drums. lights what the hell is and wrong backing stuff. Do you have people that help you carry stuff? Yes, we do. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's Actually, so we, have, important. we have one we have one guy who I feel bad for cuz he's as old as I am and he he just loves doing it and he loves helping out. Wow. Chainsaw? God, God love him. Yep, Chainsaw. Oh, oh we love Chainsaw. chainsaw. Love he's Chainsaw. Like, Let's just figure out chainsaw. DMX 512 I mean, protocol this weekend. Can't say enough for good fun. things about that guy. He's yep. the best. Yep, he you remember helped. that time when I, I had a flat tire and I called you to help me and you couldn't help me, but you drove Jason to come help us? Yep. Us at that point? Yep. Yep. I was like, why the fuck would you call Jason's me? Jason's chainsaw. Of all people, like, I am probably the most. You're the only person, person I knew in Taunton at the time. Now my fiance was from Taunton. I didn't like, know you her. You don't have AAA? Like, who doesn't have AAA? <laughs> like, it's like $100 for the I whole didn't want to. No, I have AAA. <laughs> I just didn't want to wait for it. What? 
Oh my why do God. you why do you pay for it? So you're paying for something you don't want to use? That's that does that's against your beliefs. <laughs> Dude, I went to the buffet right afterwards, okay? That's right down the street on Cut 44. that out, Corey. Cut that out, Corey. That, that didn't come that off. That little right. anti-Semitic <laughs> remark. <laughs> that was an unintentional anti-Semitic. No, you we've been friends for long enough. It's okay. It's okay. You're forgiven. Oh You've been God. pardoned. I know, I know you Cook don't care. Ben has said it's more not, anti-Semitic stuff on this show than anyone else. Don't worry. I know, right? I know. It's not him I'm worried about offending. I know, I, Brian. Could, I know that's impossible. Actually, hold on. Didn't we say we were going to talk about that? Can you give us... So, Brian, who's in Lost Symphony, who composed all the music... Oh, you're going to... I like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> gonna that make sounds it sound like it was like, set under duress. You're going to make it sound like I don't like Brian. I love no, Brian. No, 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 but you have stories. No, well, you know, it's... Not everybody works well in a room together in a band together. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's everybody's, everybody's got different you know, styles of writing, you know. Almost every time I showed up in Boston to work with Benny, he was in a massive fight with his brother, like to the point where I would be picked up in the car and Brian would be on the Bluetooth, like screaming. Yeah, you know, some, some people sit around and hang out and, you know, kind of toss ideas around. Some people, you know, jump up and down and scream at the top of their lungs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it all depends on your style of communication. There was uh, there was probably five or six examples of Lost Symphony writing sessions that I happened to sit in on that that ended with Brian storming out of the studio and Ben turning to me saying, "Where am I wrong?" <laughs> no, well, you're not wrong. wrong. My, my you're just an thing. asshole. No, no. My favorite thing, though, my favorite thing, though, in the entire is not Brian getting angry. It's it's actually a video of Ollie playing like a solo but he's sitting there like this and if you know my brother he literally will sit there like he's so disinterested that he's not like awake but he is he's like holding his head up just for mere gravity's sake and like so all these blistering our faces Corey and i are like whoa it's fucking rad i don't know what song we're working but it was rad just all he was always rad like everything he all of his ideas they might go weird but brian's literally sitting there like so disinterested and like why do i have to be here to witness his amazing medal as it's happening. <laughs> so, but that's, I think he probably stormed out later. So like he has a lot of different dynamics to his emotion range. <laughs> yeah, it usually had to do with with one of you two like talking about like a piano part and, and then <sighs> it would just burn, it would just burn down to the point. Like the most <laughs> insignificant things would turn into this huge explosion. And I think what's funny is I think myself, Paul and Siobhan are kind of all of the same ilk of like, we're just sitting there on our, like our phones, like waiting for it to be over. Like, <laughs> you guys do your thing. Uh, and then your mom, yeah. and marie sitting there with popcorn and being like, this is great. This is great. Oh, no, Brian, don't you know you're wrong on the... Ben, you have to give it to him on the... But this one, this one, he's clearly wrong. Like she would take sides and she's like, she loves it. She's like she literally like... She the entertainment She's like, this factor. is the running, is the running of it the just, bulls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... I always said that we could have a reality show in any of the bands that we have been in over the years. Oh my gosh. I remember one time we were in a band called the evening uh, and Brian, I don't know if Paul remembers this or not, but, but he almost threatened. I think he threatened to quit the band because he was so upset about this, but Brian was down and there was a point where he was about to have his first kid. So he was becoming more and more disengaged and you know, me and, 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 and Paul just like, fuck kids we're just gonna make music like what what the fuck are you even like, what, what you word that yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean i mean like fuck the idea of even 
having procreating kids. in a world yeah, where COVID you can't even walk outside <laughs> and breathe properly. Kids. Like, what do you even say to them? Like, do you tell them what gender they are? Like, I'm so confused. Like, I don't even understand. But back in the day, you like either decided to play in a band or you had a kid. So Brian, like, <laughs> he's like, I'm thinking probably about having a kid or something. And we're downstairs and we're rocking out. I have an awesome studio. We're all playing. Like, we're fucking having a great time. Paul and I are like rocking out. We're with our guitar player Pete, who's killing it. Malkin, our bass player, and Brian just gets all mad and frustrated because we're not doing something he says, and he just goes, "I could be at home right now watching TV with my wife." And Paul was just like, <laughs> "Or you could be in a rock band playing rock music." I think I just said, "Well, why don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> that's that's possible too. That's how I can fabulate. I mean, if stories. that's what you want to do, I'm not gonna. I mean, don't don't play music on my account <laughs> <laughs> my mom watches these and she's gonna be laughing yes. so hard and then my brother's gonna be throwing shade and i feel bad i love brian don't 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 <laughs> think i don't like brian i i love brian we just you know don't work well in a room making music together every time i hang out with brian, brian i agree fun. with that one in Brian's defense, Brian will agree with that. Brian I, I agree doesn't want to be in a room a with anybody, stuff. including no, me. True. The only it's reason true. he even puts he up would... with me is because we both have such personalities where, like, how I talked over and stampeded over you, we both create a black hole. And that black hole could be harnessed for yes. Lost Symphony to actually make music that Jeff Loomis and Marty Friedman somehow think is good. And not to even play on it. Like, it's crazy. But, like, we have some sort of ability. Well, but, like, uh, I mean, this it's crazy. Friction makes good music. I mean, ask uh, Van there's Halen. been a, a million. Right. Ask Van Halen. Ask Aerosmith. Ask the Beatles. Ask the police. Ask any fucking band under the sun. And there's, ask there's the Joe Perry Project. That, like, you know, they, they get along. And, you know, sometimes they don't get along. But sometimes that's the best combination of people. And, it, you know. Things come out of it that wouldn't have come out of two guys who Wings. got along all the time. Well, that you know? explains sure. a lot about Ben, because if anything describes Ben, it's friction in general. Yes. Well, so. that, I, my, I'm my ribbed for your pleasure. My quote about Ben is that. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody said about somebody else, I don't know who it was, but they said that this person gets the full range of emotions from me. And that's how I feel about Ben. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that get the full range of emotions from me. But isn't like, that why your drums are so good? Because like I literally, I, I tell Corey, like, by take four, he's pissed. By take five, he doesn't have enough caffeine. <laughs> by take seven, one of his in-ears isn't working. And then I say, by take eight, you turned on the fucking uh, ride microphone. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and by the way, by the way, great take. Did you have your subwoofer on in the other room? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was more for Sh Siobhan's beautiful violin parts have this in the background. Because well, the other day he was going to record. Dude, the other day I had these open back headphones and I was going to have them record. And then I start like hearing it. I'm like, wait, that's a lot of bleed. I'm like, oh, wait, open back headphones. I'm like, probably shouldn't use those to record delicate vocal parts. Not a good yeah. idea. Yeah, we're learning, you know. Yeah. Hey, like I said, work in progress. just bringing it back to what we talked about maybe in the first episode there. Like, you know, if you look at the CD and, and you, you buy the record and you listen to it, uh, it's a beautiful record and it sounds like we Ooh, know what we're doing. Um, 
And and the truth is, we have no fucking idea what we're doing, and we're just making it up as we go, and, uh... Like a lot of people. Yeah. LostSymphony.com, Chapter 3, which, by the way, we haven't spoken about it yet, but it's being... It's it's a tribute, a long time coming uh, to our friend Ollie Herbert, um, who was so quickly and swiftly taken away from us. And, and, and um, you know, we were working on this project with Ollie Herbert, who, um, if you guys don't know who he is, he's he was was the guitar player from All That Remains. He was one of the greatest dudes that I ever knew. Um, and, and certainly one of the greatest musicians. He brought Siobhan and I together, brought her to this project. And, like, I can tell you that this was some of the, happiest music he was he loved working with Corey. he loved siobhan he loved my brother my brother and ollie in particular had a weird geeky bond where they would like go and talk about dungeons and dragons and how not getting laid versus like doing things around that like the house was cooler um (laughs) you know like they had weird things in common but this record is for our buddy ollie and it features some really amazing people who, by the way, I just got to say thank you to every one of them. We have Angel Vivaldi, who was a great friend of Ollie, like one of his true friends. Um, we have Marty Friedman. We have David Ellison. So, you know, it's pretty cool to have Marty Friedman and David Ellison come out for, on for um, Ollie. <laughs> on multiple tracks. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, like David Ellison agreed to do this record. Like I put out like feelers to both Marty and David being like, yo, um, I'm trying to put something together for my friend. Like it would be really unbelievable. And David knew Ollie. Marty was unaware of his existence, but I wrote him like a real plea. And Marty wrote me the nicest message. Like, yeah, man, let's do this for your your buddy. I think he called him Oli at Oli, first, yep, but yep. that's fine. He didn't know him, but Ollie, <laughs> and he he came out and he just served it. But like two weeks later, uh, I get a I, I get a call. Or an email, I think, from David saying, yeah, man, I'll do it too. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. And then I realized, wait a minute, those guys, are they cool? Yeah. Like, can we put them, like, are they like two ninja fish you can't put in the same, like, are they okay to, like, put in this? So I had to, like, write Marty an email with my tail between my legs because my friend Kelly Walsh, who introduced us, she she's a PR um, maven out in Hollywood. So, like, thank you so much for hooking us up with Marty. But um, I called her, I was like, dude. Like, how do I tell Marty, like, I, the only songs that are open are the ones that I think David's going to play on. Or how do I tell, is this going to be cool? She's like, just be honest with him. So I wrote Marty this big, long message um, saying, please, like, go watch All That Remains. See if you like his playing. See if you vibe to it. Like, just Ollie knowing that you went and watched him if you didn't know who he was, like, I know would make him happy wherever he was. And Marty wrote me this big, long message back, like, not only is my 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 friend David like a brother to me, but my heart is not cold. I, he said, like literally said, my heart is not cold. Like, let's do this for Ollie. I love David like a brother. And so David and Marty play together on a giant, it's a whole side to a record or well, what's going to be pressed as a record um, with Marty Friedman, Alex Skolnick, you have Jimmy Bell, like the left-hander that just doesn't quit. Ma- you know, Matthew LaPierre, who's unbelievable. Kelly, obviously. Joey Concepcion. Con- it's literally ridiculous. All came out. All came out. Jeff Loomis. How? Like literally. Richard how do you forget? Shaw. Richard Shaw. Like how do you forget Jeff Loomis and Richard Shaw? Like how ridiculous of a turnout. Like if Ollie was having a party, right? And those guys all like message back, like that would be a slamming party. So I got to tell you, chapter three, if it's any selling point, think about who came out 
to Ollie's party. That was a good sell. And on that note. Did it work? <laughs> can you buy some of Paul's art, by the way, so we yes. can eat this week? Songs. Like, I think taxes are coming up. <laughs> Songs. Songs for sale. <laughs> you would have been a great wandering minstrel. Paul, Paul, thank you for hanging out with us. I think this yeah, is one, this is one of the funnest of episodes we've had because it's just been, it's once again, it's, I feel like we're a band in a room for the first time. It's it's a it's a cool experience. Um, we appreciate everything you've done for Lost Symphony, and I hope everyone that's listening or watching goes to lostsymphony.com and not only listens to the music but buys most of the things that are available for sale because that would just be wonderful. Uh, they could go to two zero two zero d.com and buy shirts that Paul drew pictures of us on. Yes. Corey's going to put a beautiful montage of some of his pictures because he wants to help out the drummer because he knows that Ivanka was right, that he does need to pivot. Yeah. Because why even be good at the drums when you can play the drums, you can play the guitar, you can play the bass, you can sing, you can take awesome photos. Why do any of that when you can just draw and sell your art? Yeah, the most important thing is for anyone listening or watching to buy stuff. Uh, that's super important. Uh, Remember, expensive, us, more expensive give, is yeah, better. The more like it connotates buy, better quality. The better he uses better feel. quality paper at $300. I mean, you could <laughs> oh just gosh. send us envelopes of cash if that, that works for you too. too. I, or Bitcoin. I've been yeah. told by Jason Lechberg <laughs> that Bitcoin oh, yeah. is the way. Oh, my and that, us, like, it's gone from a $6,000 for yeah. a Bitcoin. I didn't know that. Support artists and musicians, anyone in your life that's specifically us. But specifically us. But if you happen to know others, no, Siobhan, she's killing it already with star set like she's probably like rolling around like scrooge mcduck and all of her mercury silver <laughs> dimes from pre-1952 paul knows he used to take him out and put him on a dime from his pocket like fuck this <laughs> this real silver i'm gonna bury it one day <laughs> paul did you keep the wheat i'm gonna pennies? shoot a werewolf with it did yes you, did you keep the wheat pennies uh no i gave up on the wheat pennies did you keep the were you alive at a time where indian ped pennies were a regular thing not regular, but they were around. Now you never fucking see them. Never ever. Yeah. Wow. That Same. tells you how old he is. Yeah. yeah. On that fascinating note, you guys have been 2020. <laughs> Paul, you're the man. Hopefully you'll come back. I think like. this is a great episode. I think we should do more of these. Uh, and don't forget to like and subscribe and follow and listen to all the other episodes. Thank you for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 40 featuring Shannon Larkin of Godsmack. Check it out. There's really, you know, there's really no way that I can describe that, that feeling, you know, walking to the stage with Godsmack. Because we're like, I become like, you know, invincible and like, I'm just like way bigger than I really am. I'm like 105 pounds soaking wet, you know. <laughs> but when I'm walking to the stage, I'm fucking Lou Ferrigno or something, you know what I mean? This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, 
you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.